On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, after a sixth loss in seven games since losing their starting center, it is evidently clear the Toronto Raptors missed themselves Jakob Pertl something fierce. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, January the 22nd, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can follow my work over on the website. That's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can join us in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. Be part of our listener community. We got like 260 people in there just hanging out, talking ball, doing fake trades, talking about movies and video games. It's all on down the line. A wonderful thing. Come hang out again. Link in the description. It's free to join. We would love to see you in there. Uh, as always, you can find the show for free and your favorite podcast apps on the audio side of things. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. Always appreciated when you support the show, however you support the show. And we are on YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the little notification bell, and you will never miss an episode when it goes live because a notification will come to your phone and say, hey, drop everything you're doing. Sean's talking, uh, as well as his wonderful guests, of course. Uh, so please come hang out. We'd love to see you over on the YouTube channel as well. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who help you find the qualified candidates you want to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get to it on today's show. Breaking down a Toronto Raptors 126-100 loss to the New York Knicks in the return home for R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Nice ovations there. Love to see it. Good vibes all around. OG Ananobi and Precious Achua hugs and handshakes. It was a good vibes 26-point loss, as 26-point losses go, I would say. Uh, but we'll dig into all that went wrong for the Raptors in this game. The sort of ongoing sense of not quite clarity when it comes to a few members of this team. We got good, bad, hmm coming up. Uh, but first, we got to welcome in our, our lovely guest. It is Vivek Jacob, Big V. How the hell's it going, pal? It's good. It's good. I'm I'm trying to completely, you know, psych myself mm -hmm. out of the weather going on outside. I've got, you know, the tropical <laughs> bit on, and I'm just. Buddy, we're recording this on Sunday. It's a balmy minus three out there. We could go. You could wear that outside and totally fit in right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a frigid week. Um, Probably fitting, uh, since uh, with all that talk about, you know, Masai, is he cold enough? Is he not cold enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a week. It has been a week in Toronto Raptors land. A little bit of normalcy setting in. We get to watch these games now. And I will say, like, a thing I'm enjoying early on here in the post-Pascal Siakam era is, you know... I'm not married to the wins and losses anymore. You know, I, I'm hoping they come, obviously. But as long as the team is not, like, expressly trying to lose basketball games and they're building and they're going towards something, 
I'm cool. I'm Gucci. I realize we're in at the ground floor of something, hopefully very nice down the line. And I think there's a bit of a freeing element to that where not every win feels like it's going to determine whether or not the players you like are going to be on the team the next week or anything like that. So uh, that's kind of my opening monologue for the show. I don't know. Let's dive in. The big takeaway from this game, I mentioned it off the top, Jakob Pertl. They really miss him, Big V. The Raptors, again, lose this game by 26 points. And, you know, we know the Knicks. They're big. They're bruising. They themselves lost Isaiah Hartenstein in the middle of this game. But, of course, Precious Achua came in and was absolutely nails in a very fun revenge game going 9 of 10 for an 18 and 11 double-double. Easily his best game as a Knicks so far. Um, you know, no highlights for the Precious Achua uh, blooper reel from this one, unfortunately, for all the Knicks fans getting joy out of that. But, uh, yeah, coming out of this game, man, they really seem to miss Jakob Pertl quite a bit. They are 1-6 without him. Uh, we're getting up to a couple weeks now since he sprained his ankle against the Warriors. You would hope that we get some word early this week as to how the reevaluation is going. Uh, we'll be a couple days away from the two-week reevaluation period. Um, but Big V, where did you feel like Jakob Pertl was missed the most in this game? I feel like there are all sorts of different ways that you could summarize the uh, the lack of Jakob really hurting this team, specifically in this game against the Knicks. Well, funnily enough, you know, this was probably the least used that Isaiah Hardenstein has been for the Knicks mm -hmm. since the Mitchell Robinson injury. Mm -hmm. um, and the Knicks being able to go small, uh, I, I thought that's what really started to change the game. And I thought even, you know, I think was it early fourth when they announced that uh, Hardenstein wouldn't be returning to the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought that was almost in part like, hey. Don't think this is the matchup for you. We're just going to stick with what's working, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's where you know if you had say a Yak in there and you know Precious is who had a great game, uh, you know you kind of negate that ability to sm go small, just counter it. Um, I think that's where it would have helped. I think uh, you know in terms of uh, Emmanuel quickly's play, I was about to say Isaiah quickly because I've been on this Isaiah Hardenstein spiel, <laughs> but uh, with the quickly's play, I think uh, Yak helps open him up uh, in terms of scoring opportunities, obviously had a great playmaking game. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think those are the elements that were most missed in this game tonight where, um, you know, maybe uh, the Knicks were happy to let quickly be a passer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Look, obviously the Jakob Pertl trade has been relitigated and relitigated a thousand times over, and I, I know where most people sit on it. And yeah, there's lots of reason timing-wise why that trade didn't make a lot of sense. But regardless of what led us here and all the stuff that the Jakob Pertl trade then caused as ripple downstream effects, it's undeniable that Jakob Pertl, for what this team is trying to do right now, is extremely necessary. This is a team trying to build, trying to grow habits, trying to run functional offense, trying to just kind of get up to a level of competence across the board. And man, oh man, is Jakob Pertl ever competent on both ends of the floor? And your point about quickly, I think, is really good. I don't think that this team can figure out what it needs to figure out without the wheel greasing that Jakob Pertl brings on both ends of the floor, specifically the offense though, right? You know, they found their moments here and there. I thought their offensive start last night was really exciting. The ball was zinging around quite a bit. Uh, you know, Jonte Porter was, you know, throwing cool passes and stuff like that. But, you know, without the screening and the roll gravity that you have with Jakob Pertl, without the elbow passing and the sort of supplementary playmaking he brings, without his finishing, man, oh man, the finishing, Jonte Porter 
does a lot of good things. Finish from inside six feet, not a thing he's doing very well right now. All that stuff just helps your offense hit a level of competence, a level of clearing the bar that they're just not capable of right now. And on quickly, you know, a big part of his game is that pull up three point shooting. If you don't have a legitimate, really good screen setter, number one, and guy who can suck in the defense with his roll gravity, that pull up is going to get neutralized a little bit. And yeah, quickly did a pretty damn good job of overcoming that and becoming more of a facilitator in this game. Been really impressed with how his playmaking has come along. But without Jakob Pertl kind of greasing the wheels, the whole development thing is a lot harder. And this is going to be sort of a recurring thing when we talk about Bruce Brown coming up in just a second. I, I think players like Jakob Pertl, like Bruce Brown, these are glue guys. These are guys who help you play functional basketball and basketball that's conducive to progressive, positive development. And having them around is going to be a lot better than not having them around, as we're seeing with Jakob Pertl right now. And I think, you know, you get rid of Bruce Brown and move him for picks to the deadline or whatever. We'll get into it. But, you know, I think you could see a similar decline and sort of decaying effect of not having that type of glue guy in your backcourt as well. Yeah, I, I think the big thing with Yak is, OK, you you have the core of Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett and Scotty Barnes. Mm -hmm. Depending on what that fit now looks like with the Acoperto, it helps determine who that fifth guy needs to be or what that prototype needs to be. Right. Yeah. And I think one of one of the aspects of the prototype that I think is already clear is look, you want to keep Scotty on the back line as much as possible. And, Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you don't want RJ, for example, as like a primary defender on Jalen Brunson. Right. Mm -hmm. So who kind of fits into that mold um, and then obviously with Yak, automatically you would want a capable shooter as well to maximize the spacing. So you've kind of got elements of it already that you can kind of see. Um, and then when you see the other elements like mesh between that quartet, then I think you can crystallize exactly who or exactly what that prototype should be for that player. Mm hmm. Yeah, Jakob Pertl to me is the salt you put into the dish to bring out all the other flavors, right? And right now, it's kind of like a, something's missing from this as you kind of you take your little testing spoon. Be sanitary about it. Make sure you wash that spoon. Don't dip that back in. That's gross. Um, but you got to take that little testing spoon. If you had a little Jakob Pertl in there, you salt base some yak in there. I think that's going to help you really understand the components of this team and have them really kind of brought to the level that they can be at. A little more effectively. So, regardless of what's happened before, Yaka Pertle, bloody important. Really hope he can come back soon because uh, I want to watch a compelling play in race. And I don't want to watch this team kind of fall into this no man's land in the 12th seed where they're not too bad to get into the Hornets range and not good enough or too far behind to make up ground on the Hawks, Nets, and Bulls. Um, yeah, Yak, really important. And, and this isn't to say Jonte Porter hasn't been effective or nice as a nice little piece. But backup center duty feels way more suited to his skill set right now. Uh, we'll come back on the other side, get into Bruce Brown, get into some comments about him and the New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau and some interesting stuff there. And the sort of clarity that we seem to have with this team, but a little bit of murkiness on the perimeter. We'll get into that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. 
in at the start of the new year, every small business owner is doing the same thing. They're asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? This is the same question that NBA GMs are asking going into the trade deadline as well. If you're running a business, this is a question you're often confronting. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has great tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's billion with a B, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, it might not have all the time or resources to hire. It's a time-consuming thing. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We carry on here with uh, Big V, Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet and uh, Cricket Canada, baby. Watch that cricket content coming to you between now and the World Cup. Um, but we're talking Raptors, of course, today with our pal Big V. Uh, just a heads up, later this week, a bit of a light schedule week. The Raptors play Monday. We'll do a recap episode Tuesday, but we'll have Katie Heindel on on Wednesday. We'll do a big deep dive feelings forward episode about Pascal Siakam and his departure from the Raptors. Of course, Katie, the perfect person to talk about Pascal Siakam at length with. So you have that to look forward to this week. With that, let's carry on here. Big V. Bruce Brown, clarity. This was a thing you came to me with as a topic you wanted to talk about on today's show. I will give you the floor. What are your sort of takeaways from this game against the Knicks and the comments that Bruce Brown made around them about, uh, yeah, if the Knicks want me, come get me, baby. Like essentially paraphrasing, I can do whatever Tom Thibodeau needs me to do. To me, this feels in part like Bruce Brown is being an extremely earnest and honest and vocal guy, and maybe not so much to read into, but what were your sort of takeaways from that and this game? Uh, why, why did this sort of question of clarity when it comes to these guys on the margins come to your mind while watching this Toronto Raptors basketball game? Yeah, I just think that when you look at the way things have played out with uh, Gary Trent Jr., with the way things uh, are now playing out with Bruce Brown and his comments, um, with Bruce Brown, I look at his offseason as, you know, an opportunity to secure the bag. Obviously, he took a short-term deal, um, and the next year of his deal is a team option. And so uh, I think he was like, okay, I got my 20 mil. I got what I wanted. Now the Pacers have moved me on. I would like to go back to contender because I feel mm -hmm. like that is where I'm at my best. I don't know if I want to be a part of this rebuild. So... If someone from the New York Knicks wants to ask me a question about how I might fit there, <laughs> I'm going to sell myself. <laughs> uh, and so that, that's kind of how I took it. Um, I, I do think that, you know, he'll continue to play hard and do the right things and uh, be professional. But over the next two weeks, I expect him uh, to get a decent amount of playing time. I expect Gary Trent Jr. to get a decent amount of playing time. Uh, and then depending on what shakes out in, in terms of deals, uh, then I think you will reach that ultimate point of clarity for this season, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, what is happening with Gary Trent Jr.? What is happening with Bruce Brown? What is happening with Chris Boucher? Right. That I think is what we're still waiting on. Maybe, maybe even to like a small, small extent, Dennis Schroeder. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what that might look like, uh, but you know, you want to keep some type of veteran presence uh, on this team as uh, you know, they go forward. But yeah, I think 
if you can get to, you know, 3 p.m. Feb 8th and know exactly what is going on, at least for the remainder of, se of the season, that's when I look at Darko's comments post-game where he's saying, hey, I feel like guys are walking on eggshells um, and aren't really supporting each other and, and being there for each other. Or, you know, I gave Jonte Porter as an example. It's like, yeah, this is, you know, he's literally into his second week as an NBA player yeah. uh, with the Raptors. <clears throat> and he's going to make mistakes. And so uh, are people you know, going to be genuinely supportive and give him advice on how to get better? Or, you know, are you going to be like, oh, I'm not going to be here in a couple of weeks, so why bother? You know, I think right. if you get to Feb 8th, 3 p.m., and everyone knows exactly what's happening, then, you know, I think we'll get to see uh, the vibes reach another level. Yeah, you know, the big Sorry, I went this Yakim thing. No, it's fine. This Yakim thing obviously was the big cloud, right? But there's still these sort of little clouds in the vicinity, those sort of trailing thunderstorms that could potentially upend things. And look, I would hope that if anything from the last couple of years, the front office has learned to like, uh, just get this stuff sorted out a little more effectively. And like, uh, uh, you know, we can only hope they learn and go forward. The, the cat's out of the bag now and all that. But um, man, the the vibes and the uncertainty and the the walking on eggshells, like you alluded to, that has been like the primary theme of the last two seasons of Toronto Raptors basketball. It's kind of exhausting as a fan. I'm sure it's exhausting as a player. I'm sure it's exhausting as Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is that you go into the offseason, you, you figure RJ Barrett's under contract for three more years. Quickly's going to get himself a deal. Scotty obviously ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Yaka Pirtle's under contract for three more years after this. They are getting closer to that. Let me ask you, though. So Gary Trent Jr., Bruce Brown, both interesting cases. Obviously, I think very different types of teams might be after those guys. Trent is just pure three-point shooting and not a whole lot else. Bruce Brown, obviously, the whole intangible thing and the veteran contender sort of glue guy stuff. Um, what do you think should happen with those guys? Like, are, are you open and perhaps even eager to see them stick around long term? Obviously, the decks are cleared a little bit more this summer than they would have been if you were paying Pascal and or OG. So there's more flexibility to just kind of keep guys in house if you want to do that. Obviously, there is stuff to be gained via trade, I suppose. But I, I just to get my sort of thoughts out there. I think I'm kind of okay with both guys being around. I, I made the plea on Friday for Bruce Brown. Like, I, I just think teams need guys like him if you're trying to build something promising. And maybe he, you know, doesn't want to be around, but he's under contract. And he's also a valuable contract who you can move to a contender at the draft or in the summer or at next year's trade deadline. Or you can just take him in with his bird rights after his balloon payment's over. Maybe the team's in a state where it looks like it's about to head into a zone of competitiveness and you keep him around. Like, I, I think there's a lot of optionality here that I feel like just moving him at the very first opportunity would kind of be wasting and sort of throwing away a lot of different fun potential outcomes for Bruce Brown as a Toronto Raptor um, with Gary Trent Jr. He clearly fits on a Scotty Barnes team. He shoots threes. He's fitting in very well lately and has been performing well as a starter. I know he doesn't do a ton else, but three point shooting is valuable. Maybe Grady Dick makes him a little more expendable if you're going looking into the future but i think i'm kind of all right if they just decide to keep both of them i don't think gary is going to be like insanely expensive and bruce brown's contract like i said is an asset to have on your books so where, where are you at with these two guys like what do you think should be the case not so much what you think will happen but what should happen here okay so in terms of what should happen i i do think that uh if bruce brown is open to staying and can see 
himself having having a long term tenure in Toronto, then I would be amenable to bringing him back. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's it's really it really comes down to I don't want another situation, you know, where who knows maybe he gives like a Nick Nurse type presser and it's like hmm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of five like days thing. is a long time man five days is a long time you gotta re re really think about things after five days yeah yeah uh and so i think that comes down to the player having that conversation and mm -hmm. saying and if he just comes out and says hey i i'd like to play for a contender i don't know if i want to be part of this like rebuild process um then yeah i'm looking to move him um Gary Trent Jr., uh, I would not mind uh, seeing Grady Dick get more playing time. So I think that's the one that I would look to move off, even if it's um, attaching uh, one of the picks from this draft to look ahead to another draft. Right. Because uh, because we know that this draft, you know, really isn't all that. And so if there's a team that's really looking for a shooter um, like Gary and uh, you can get that piece or, you know, if it's if it's a two, three player deal at this point, whether it's Chris Boucher and Gary Trent Jr. And that gets you future pieces that you really like um, and helps you build out the roster uh, a bit more in terms of the depth. Uh, I think that's probably something I would look at as well. But yeah, Gary is probably the one that um, I'm pretty set on moving on from. But okay. Bruce Brown, I think it just comes down to that conversation of, hey, would you entertain being here long term? Right. With Gary, I think the reason I maybe more just like keep him is because I don't see there being much more than like a two second rounders market for him necessarily, um, which at that point, like I'd rather just have a player who fits and is still reasonably young and you can move on his next deal. He's not going to make much more than the MLE if and if if he does make more than that, I would guess on his next contract, that sort of skill set is just not something that earns a lot of money in these days because like you know one-dimensional shooters are kind of a dime a dozen um with bruce brown yeah like look if some team comes along and throws two firsts and a nice player at you to get bruce brown because they're desperate for a contender addition then great you know like do it i suppose but i i also don't think they should just be kind of giving him away for draft picks i i think you have your draft pick surplus now obviously everyone could always use more draft picks but I don't need more draft picks in the 2024 NBA draft. They already have three of them, maybe four. Um, like I, you have diminishing returns if you're adding all those young players as well. And so for me, like the value of having Bruce Brown, who again is a connective tissue type of guy who can make the development of your most important players all that much easier to facilitate. I think that's worth hanging on to unless you're getting sort of a godfather offer. But I will throw out a name of a godfather offer type or not even a godfather offer just like an interesting potential offer that could come the raptors way with bruce brown involved coming up in the hmm as we get into the good the bad and the hmm to round out the show coming up in just one second today's show is sponsored by better help this is the time of year where you're looking to make new year's resolutions maybe you've already fallen off the wagon with a new year's resolution because it was too much to actually hold up with we get obsessed this time of year with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on the stuff that we're already doing right therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule all you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge that's a huge thing you don't always have the right connection right away but you can switch and find the right connection with someone who clicks with you 
without additional charge. Therapy has helped a lot of people I know in my life, and I highly recommend that if you're going to check it out, try BetterHelp. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in all of North America. The NFL season is wrapping up. The playoffs are ongoing, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, it's that easy. You don't even have to win the bet. You get $150 in bonus bets to go and play around with on FanDuel's very easy-to-use platform. The app is super easy to play around on, and there are so many different ways to bet. you got live same-game parlays. You've got the new Explore tabs. You can find bets in there as well. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. Maybe you're a Buffalo Bills fan. You got the later of we recording this on uh, Sunday. So the game will have already happened by the time you hear this. But if you're a fan of any team in the, in the playoffs, maybe the Bills win and are moving on, just bet against them. And then if they lose, you get some money out of it. That's the happiness hedge, baby. That is my betting recommendation right there. If you're going to go and do it, make yourself a little happy about it. Even if you lose the game as a fan, you can get some scratch going your way. And if you lose the bet, then your team won. You're happy nonetheless. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, rounding out the show here with Vivek Jacob, Big V from Sportsnet. Uh, just a heads up, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 is our 24-7 streaming YouTube channel. Just go subscribe. You will get access to all of the national shows running on a continuous loop from Locked On, as well as the local shows covering the biggest stories. Yours truly was on there just hours after the Pascal Siakam trade this past week. So go check it out, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff at Locked On Sports Today 24-7. All right, Big V, it's the good, it's the bad, it's the hmm, it's the way we round out every ap- episode of this podcast after a game played by your local basketball team, the Toronto Raptors, a thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got us a little intrigued. What was your good from this game? Brady Dick. We're in agreement. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the two opportunities that he's had since the trade, um, you know, maybe they were trying to protect his body a little bit in the second night of a back-to-back and not playing him against Chicago. Uh, Part of that uh, I, workout regimen, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever that two-week program was, it obviously seems to be working. I think he has come in, played with confidence, shooting that ball really, really well. Um, and yeah, uh, I think obviously there's going to be issues with him defensively. And uh, But you know, you're in a stage now where you're practically inviting the growing pains, right? And mm-hmm. so... Let, let him go through it. Let him, uh, you know, get get a taste of what it's like to have OG Ananobi's body absolutely run through him. <laughs> and look, that hurts most like 95% of NBA players, not just Grady Dick. OG is a tank. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, I think uh, these opportunities for him are good. Um, and likely there'll be more of them post trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, you know, it's hard not to be pleased with what we've seen from Grady Dick since the Pascal Siakam trade. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, shooter shoot. And he was shooting a lot and missing a lot. But the fact that he's kind of seemingly gained back that confidence that every shooter needs to have. I say this as a, as a shooter myself in my men's league, uh, you know, <laughs> messing around. Uh, you know, I miss a lot, but I'm never going to stop shooting because that's just the way you got to be wired when you're that type of player. And I, I think like, 
a pretty neat, decent baseline for Grady Dick and what he can provide for this team, right? Stand in the corner, knock down a couple threes. Obviously, he, we know he has the offensive rebounding instincts. We know there's the drive and kick playmaking stuff. He had the four assists in that heat game this week. Uh, you know, I, I'm very much on the play Grady Dick as much as you can down the stretch here because you're only going to learn and sort of accustomize yourself to the speed of the game. Did I just make up a word? I might have. Um, you know, you're only going to get you know, up to speed with the NBA game if you're playing the NBA game. And I, I think his smarts, his his intel, the sort of way he moves around the floor, that's all NBA-ready stuff. Let's just see him kind of go through the lumps and go through the growing pains on defense with missed shots and have him play some steady ball. He was my good as well. What you got for your bad in this one? I thought Dennis Schroeder struggled in this one. Uh, sure you did. Know, when you look when you look at the way the Raptors started this game, getting off to that 27 to 16 start, uh, obviously you want to be able to sustain that on some level. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I just thought Dennis struggled. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see, uh, you know, maybe more of this again until Feb 8th, right? Where it's like the guys who are maybe feeling like, oh, do I really want to be a part of this? Am I going to be a part of this? Asking those types of questions and then kind of going through the motions. Obviously, uh, you know, we saw... OG's defense tail off before the trade. Mm -hmm. We saw Pascal's defense trail off before the trade. So, you know, what is some of this? Maybe this can be a hum. But <laughs> anyway, what is some of this uh, weirdness uh, going to be attributed to? Is it just like a guy genuinely struggling? Is it a guy just going through the motions now? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I thought Dennis struggled for sure in this one. And, uh, you know, you got some pretty good play out of uh quickly and bear and so it would have been nice to have a, a stronger output uh, output from him yeah i mean overall it's been a pretty promising stretch from dennis Schroeder as a backup point guard hopefully just a one game blip but certainly something to yes. uh to, to hope it doesn't happen again my bad big v is rj barrett's assist totals getting nuked in this game some very slick dimes that were not converted off of beautiful passes by, you know, Bricks from Scotty Barnes from three, Jonte Porter not finishing in close. Uh, RJ Barrett, man, he is throwing incredible passes. I can't believe it's happening. He had four assists in this game. I counted in the first four minutes of this basketball game against the Knicks, three assists that should have been converted. Had a beautiful live dribble left-handed over the head, cross-court pass to Scotty for a wide-open triple that fell short. Uh, he hit Jonte Porter cutting down the middle. He just could not convert at the rim. And then a Jonte Porter dunk that he kind of got fouled on and didn't look like he was going to convert it anyway. Kind of got bailed out by the foul. But man, oh man, RJ Barrett, I'm just, I continue to be blown away by what he's doing and just the streamlining of his game. And the passing has been a pretty beautiful surprise so far. So that is my bad. Is RJ Barrett getting robbed of some really, really nice assists? Uh, Big V, what you got for your hmm? Yeah, I think Quickly's uh, progress as a playmaker, I, I was about to say quick progress, but I stopped myself. <laughs> I, we'll be stopping ourselves he's... on that for the next five years, hopefully. Uh, you know, we just yeah. got to deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to have to add uh, Swift to my vocabulary and just like... We can just accept that his name <laughs> is also an adverb. It's okay. <laughs> like it's, we, we, Sometimes you have sentences where like two and two get put back to back. That's fine. Like it's not the end of the world. Like, it's, it's true. Fine. It's true. Okay. It's let's, true. let's use the word quickly. It's a nice adverb and also the name of a cool <laughs> basketball player. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think I've really been impressed with his smarts, his overall smarts uh, since coming over. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, what it, whether it's throwing the hit ahead passes, whether it's, you know, getting downhill and dishing. Um, I think that is the type of 
like offense the NBA is kind of leaning into more and more now. Um, I, I think Tyrese Halliburton is probably the apex of that right now where he's leading the league in assists. But yet, you know, I feel like every time you watch him, he's just constantly moving the ball, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not afraid to just like throw, throw it up court and whatever happens, happens. And if you need me to support, I'll support and like quickly seems uh, very much of that same mind. Um, I think obviously as far as the scoring go- goes, we talked about this earlier, you know, not having Yak's role gravity where, you know, some shots open up for him. I think that's kind of hurting him right now in terms of his individual scoring. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he's able to crank up that individual scoring, it's going to open up his passing even more, right? And yeah. so, uh, yeah, quickly the passer is, is something that, you know, is really growing on me quickly, and I'm enjoying it. He did it. He used it as an adverb, and it's fine. No <laughs> one died. It's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's been pretty incredible how ready Emmanuel quickly looks for the sort of lead guard role, right? Like he, he just he seems to have just that finger on the pulse. I know how to get my guys sort of served up, and also when to look for my own sort of balance. It's uh, it's a really really nice thing, especially considering he was basically just asked to be a gunner on the Knicks. Did that pretty damn well as well. Uh, my hmm to round things out is Quentin Grimes as a potential return in a Bruce Brown trade. Obviously, you know, I don't think we're going to stop hearing about the Knicks and Bruce Brown. Uh, the Knicks media seems very keen on Bruce Brown on the Knicks. Bruce Brown maybe seems keen on Bruce Brown on the Knicks. And again, I don't think the Raptors should be giving Bruce Brown away, but Quentin Grimes is someone I have coveted for a while. He was someone who I was thrown around in fake Emmanuel quickly for OJ, OG and OB trades in the summertime. And, you know, do you want to go and assemble all of the players the Knicks didn't want? Not necessarily. I, don't, I also think they like like all those guys. It's not like they don't want them. Maybe they don't want Quentin Grimes right now, or maybe Tibbs doesn't. But um, Quentin Grimes type dude to me, like, hits his threes. He's obviously been, like, really ice cold from two-point range this season. That's been kind of a weird drop-off after he shot, like, 64% on twos last season. Um, I think it seems more like situation and role and opportunity more than him forgetting how to be a good basketball player this season and i would be very keen if the raptors were to trade bruce brown on quentin grimes being the piece coming back along with probably a pick and evan fournier to make the salary match um i I think uh quentin grimes like if that's gonna be the move and they were talking about this mike green and and, uh walt frazier were talking about this on the broadcast for the knicks like kicking around what quentin grimes is a potential trade candidate here you know, it seems to be like the, obviously they've proven that the lawsuit doesn't stop him from making trades. Uh, there could be some serendipity there where Bruce Brown ends up a Nick and Quentin Grimes comes back to the Raptors to be a Gary Trent Jr. replacement, a sort of starting two guard that offers some defense, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, and as someone who has really enjoyed the Knicks of the last couple seasons, wouldn't bug me one bit. So that's my hmm is the idea of potentially Quentin Grimes on the Toronto Raptors if, in fact, Bruce Brown is to be sent to the New York Knicks at some point here before February the 8th. That's going to do it. We will leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out. Big V, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh, if you missed it over the course of this weekend, I wrote about OG Ananobi and what uh, the Knicks have looked like since uh, his addition. Uh, and you can check that out over at Sportsnet. Besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob for all my latest. Go do that. You can also follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice. We are also on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hit the notification bell. Never miss episodes. On and on and on. Join us in the Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about Raptors Grizzlies. Should be a fun one. We'll dig into it. Hopefully, uh, you know, at least should it should be a fun one. Maybe that's overselling it. It should be a game between two teams that are kind of not going all that 
far this season. I, I guess it's big if you really care about keeping the pick and getting into the top six of the lottery. I guess that matters. I don't know. I don't care about that. But we'll talk about that game tomorrow in all its glory on, to, on another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thank you so much for hanging. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.